0: Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom! Far down you go, quacket Smith. Me, oh my!
1: I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Well, welcome to season four, episode one of the Draft Rugby Show. Yes, that's right. Season four. Can you believe it? Uh, oh, you- we got
0: renewed. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> Thanks, Dan.
1: Nice. Yeah, good. Um, if you've been with us uh, for most of that, or really any of that, uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you get as much or as nearly as much enjoyment listening as we do making the show. Um, and if you are newly joining us, welcome. Joining me, uh, of course, they've already said hello, but uh, my co-stars, Harry and Nelson Dale. Lads, 2021, we made it. Uh, what do you think was the bigger achievement, surviving 2020 or getting to Season 4 of the Drive Rugby Show?
0: Without a doubt, season four of the Draft Rugby Show. Last year, we did forty-four episodes, so uh, we we're burnt out that we almost didn't do extra podcasts in our six-week break or eight-week break. No, but That's... we actually like
1: rugby, so we did
0: extra podcasts. Unlike you, Craig's
1: very good. Well, yeah, you've uh, you've jumped the gun a little bit there. But let, well, let's talk about pod caps then. So it's the start of a new season. We'll reflect on our pod caps that we often refer to, and um, we have Harry coming in at the lead with ninety-two caps. Uh, I'm in second with 84 and just one in front of Nelson with 83. So it's okay. Order is still the same. Uh, Nelson is at the bottom of the rankings as per usual. But um,
0: My eighth last podcast tonight.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, just retire with the nice hundo. Very good. Yeah.
0: No, wait. He said this is his eighth last, which means he will make 99. He won't make 100. No, don't make me do maths here.
1: <laughs> We've come out firing here. This is excellent stuff. Um, no, well, uh, this is the type of quality content you can expect for from a uh, a top, top 20 super rugby podcast you must follow in 2021. Um, that's a big uh, shout out to, what is it? Blog at feedspot.com super rugby podcast. That's right. We uh, we got announced somehow in, in some mega list. I still can't confirm whether or not it's actually just Nelson has another blog because, you know, he has like 30 Twitter accounts. I don't know how many yes. blogs he has. but um,
0: Craig, it's it's definitely not me, but I, I will I will just clarify. It's blog.feedspot.com slash super underscore rugby slash underscore podcast. i butchered it almost as bad as you, Craig. That's a lot. Well, of-
1: good thing we'll actually put this in the show notes. Now, I know we've said a lot of times we're going to put this in the show notes and we've never done it. But Harry has assured me he's going to put this in the show notes. So,
0: um, oh, look, I've, I've actually going through that list. I've listened to a few of
1: the podcast, other podcasts on there as well, and there, there's some goodies as well. So, lots of good stuff to listen to this year. Absolutely, it's nice to be named at any list, and uh, we came in at number two. So, how good? But um, yes, well, uh, while we're at it, uh, look, it's been a nice break, uh, pretty short turnaround between seasons. Um, I enjoyed the break, but uh, as Nelson already mentioned, the boys. Can't really get enough and have also featured on a, another couple of rugby pods uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, you just cannot keep them off the internet. So um, notably the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective and rugby fixation with uh, Mitch Evans, one of our biggest supporters and uh, day one mm-hmm. uh, followers. Um, boys, how were how those? Those, um, those sounded great.
0: Look, we, we really enjoyed, actually, both their pod, those podcasts. They were, they were quite different to our own. Um, you know, looking back at the Rugby World Cup, um, what was it? It was 2000 and...
1: It was 2011. You guys paid heaps of attention. It was good. Yeah, nice. Um,
0: Mate, we, we did our research and then we, we forgot about it. But no, look, that, that was actually really quite fun with Squidge and his brother. Um, and then on the rugby fixation with Mitch Evans. Look, he, him and he, he, they both know a lot about rugby. If you have not listened to their podcast yet, definitely jump on board because they give some really, really good on, in, insights. Yeah, they say surround yourself <clears> with <throat> uh, uh, podcasters that are more intelligent than you and know more than you. And Sorry, after keep doing yeah 92 episodes with you guys or 91 episodes with you, I was yet to feel that kind of that kind of love and that kind of support for people that knew more. So both of those podcasts, I learned a lot. It was awesome. It was good on both of those podcasts. It was good to be on a podcast that has you know an efficient host that actually run the mm. pod really well. Yeah. I, I noticed that difference. <laughs> That's what I noticed, Craigs.
1: And what they noticed is how tough my job is, that uh, <laughs> it is nearly impossible to tame the beast, uh, which is you two. Um, but with that, we will move on. Um, look, thank you mm. as well to all of those people that engage with us uh, on the socials and on YouTubes. We are at Draft Rugby, the YouTubes. Um, and so please, if you haven't already, get after us there um you can rest assured that we and by we i mean harry and nelson read all of your comments uh and if you haven't noticed by now they love an argument so um they will not leave a comment unreplied to um but no look we really appreciate it, particularly the listener questions coming in it's um you know it's what makes it fun so so uh this year plenty of things to be excited about in the rugby sphere um this could be a bit of an early spoiler, but, you know, before we get into the menu for our pod tonight, let uh, it's correct, a menu, um, if you could pick one thing, uh, one thing can be a person, team, competition, anything like that that you're incredibly excited about, only one, which is going to be difficult, um, what would it be? What are you looking forward to the most in 2021?
0: Look, well, for me, I'll, I'll say... The, the new direction Rugby Australia is taking with one free-to-air match a week and, a, and actually a broadcaster that's looking to grow the game, something that's been missing for a long time in Rugby Australia. You hear Kiwis talk, you hear South Africans talk. You know, for for rugby to be really successful globally, you need Rugby Australia to be doing well, something we've faded away for quite some time. But it feels like we're really taking some steps in in the right direction, plus there's some good young talent coming through. So it'll be really good to see some rugby on free to air and see a a broadcaster that wants to grow the game. Yeah, and uh, very well said. That's going to be hard to top. But for me, it's going to be uh, either the Brumbies or the Reds winning the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby Competition. Against the Crusaders? Yeah.
1: Well, the Crusaders must have a lot of injuries. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, can, can it possibly be both of them in the finals? Just one I don't think so, or no. Or no it we, work way? I, I think have,
0: it's top from each pool.
1: Excellent. All right. and what I'm most excited about is um, an actually good set of brothers. The Sevilla brothers are reunited. One of my favourite players of all time, Julian Sevilla. The bus is back for the Hurricanes uh, and I can't wait. So, I mean, um, the, the,
0: the bus is... You know, doing its route again, mate. It's back back, uh, back, in business.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. The bus is back. That's great stuff. Well, yeah. I'm <laughs> all um, right. Let's get into the menu for the pod. You, you've got to warm up. It's the start of the year. I know these guys have been on other pods, but they couldn't even remember what they were talking about. We've got to get back into it. They need me. They need the direction. It's all right. We will, we'll get better as we go on, I promise. Um, the menu for tonight. Uh, and, of course, we do a menu, uh, our entree, Uh, main course and dessert because typically we're eating or stuffing some uh, dinner down as we uh, write some notes to then do a pod fairly late on a, uh, typically on a weeknight. Um, So on our menu for tonight for, uh, I mean, tonight we're going to look at the new hot shit players. So for entree, we're going to briefly uh, talk about draft rugby fantasy rugby, 2021, how it's going to work competition format, how the platform's coming along my favorite topic. Um, for main course, we're going to get into again, Harry, here's your opportunity the new hot shit players. Hot shit, hot shit, hot shit. Very good. Uh, what do we mean by hot shit players? Just new players, players you might not have heard of, players that have been uh, around, new young players, players that we think are going to have big years um, and that we're excited about. Uh, and for dessert, we're going to have a look at those players that'll be away for the Rugby Sevens uh, and those for the Olympics. Um, a bit of Groundhog Day here. We remember talking about this last year and then there was no Olympics. So um, we'll shortly, briefly cover that. And we're then going to discuss the juicy hypothetical British and Irish Lions versus Sansa and uh, thanks to Nelson Dale versus Pacific Islands Cup um, or just any possibilities around that. I mean, how good would something like that be? Um, I I
0: have been, um, although there's been, you know, 140,000 views or something like that, I've probably had... 20,000 people remind me that, you know, France aren't in it. Then, you know, random countries weren't in it. Then Nadolo mentioned something about, you know, we're forgetting the northern, uh, what is it, uh, Antarctica and the Arctic and all this shit. And it actually spiraled out of control, but it was very funny from Nadola on Twitter. So if you haven't seen that feed, go check it out. My favourite line was that uh, New Zealand is actually
1: also Pacific Island. So the way I see it, it's the Lions versus North versus South game of New Zealand. (laughs) Very good. Um, And finally, some listener questions. So we put a shout out uh, like we do typically Look, generally when we get into the season, we record the pod on the same night every week and we put a shout out that day for listener questions. But sometimes we don't always get it the same night every week. But um, anyway, we're excited to get back into our listener questions. So let's get into the entree. Um, Draft Rugby Fantasy Rugby 2021. Harry, do you want to take us through what the competition format is going to be this year? So just, I guess, quickly last year, after we, we did have Super Rugby the competition started and we had seven weeks of that And we had of course the COVID outbreak and uh, we were very fortunate enough to have two super rugby competitions later on in the year Um, and we kind of melded together a fantasy draft rugby format for that Um, and Harry's going to explain how it's going to work this year. Yeah as you
0: said um, it's obviously a little bit different again this year with Three competitions, Super Rugby, AU, and Aotearoa, and also the Trans Tasman competition that follows that. And we want to try and harness all that to make the, the best and, I guess, most significant uh, Super Rugby fantasy football, draft yeah. football <clears throat> competition that we can possibly make. So it's. And you can
1: be- say it as well, Harry, longest. You know, you guys want to get away from your wives as long as possible. So as long, we want as long a season as we can have. It's a, uh, you
0: know. That's right. That's right. Uh, so it's going to be a 15 week competition. Basically, it's going to be 12 round games plus the conventional three-week finals that we normally run. So that is you'll play in an eight-man league, everyone bar two players twice. Um, It's going to start in round two of Super Rugby AU, which is when Aotearoa starts for round one. Which is the 25th? uh, The 14th. uh, Sorry, the Feb 25th or 26th. Yeah, that's right. Nine rounds in a row. They're going to play through, and then we're going to break for two weeks while AU and then Aotearoa plays their finals. So that'll overlap on about two weeks, so you can just kind of enjoy the, uh, I guess, domestic finals competitions. Then we come back for the start of Trans-Tasman, so you can keep your fantasy team together without having to worry about making any changes. And you're going to play another six rounds, three round games and three finals. So it's nine weeks through domestic comp, three weeks through Trans-Tasman, and then finals. Uh, and then our stock standard is you play a two-week semi final and a one-week grand final that will line mm-hmm. up with the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby final as well. So always love the uh, the ability where there's only two teams playing, there's only two managers left to try mm-hmm. and steal positions off your man- fellow managers
1: where you feel there's high value to do that. That's it, the sudden death format. Um, and if... That didn't all make perfect sense. Of course, that will be in an article somewhere, uh, which will be very easy to follow. Um, and I guess another point from that, which we had last year, is so we're, we're, stopped, we're not going with Super Rugby AU Round 1. We start Round 2, and that's so that we can have two competitions so that we can have as big a fantasy teams as possible. So we'll follow the same in that we'll have a starting 15 mm-hmm. and we're going to have one reserve forward and one reserve back.
0: And how, how good is it going to be getting the AU Round 1 to research and see some of these young guns are about to talk about to see how much they're really worth picking up before you run your draft? Yeah, they're the other the guys you're nervous on, you know, you, you pretty much can be assured you pick a Kiwi, they're going to be pretty good. So if you pick an Aussie, at least you get a week's information before you make that choice.
1: Yeah. I don't don't like it because it means some of these other trash managers in our league uh, get more information and uh, it removes our competitive advantage at the draft. But look, um, I would say ours, but it clearly didn't help Nelson uh, the last few years. So, um,
0: Tell everyone my tips. You know know what I've been thinking about is the Trans-Tasman is the Kiwis play the five Aussie teams and the five Aussie teams play the five Kiwi teams. They don't play their own competition in that. Man, you just want all New Zealand teams, surely, in that, right? You just want a whole team of New Zealanders
1: harry i've said it every year we've done this for four years my entire team as you will notice is nearly always the kiwis uh because a that's the rugby i want to watch and b they get more fantasy points it's science uh i'm telling you excellent all right well yeah so that does the that's the competition format um it's pretty exciting look it's definitely like you know there's i don't know how i feel about the little break in the middle but um it's yeah still gonna be good like there'll definitely be some changes when you come back you'll have to Quickly adapt your team, but um,
0: yeah, you just you have to do it with finals. There's not going to be enough teams playing week in week out.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome the crescendo to the Trans Tasman final. The way that that works out, it's going to be
0: we're going to either finish it off there with the finals, or we can include the Trans Tasman to to give it a little bit more length to add a little bit more flavour. The Trans Tasman's include. I think that's the best way to go.
1: Yep, awesome. Um, All right, and Nels. So we uh, we've spent a lot of time over the years, but I think probably in the last year or two we had nailed down our um, our points system. So we, uh, you know, worked off the original Fox Sports fantasy scoring system years ago on their super coach type of uh, fantasy that was, you know, pretty average. You couldn't, um, couldn't play in leagues against your friends, things like that, but um, they did have a rudimentary scoring system. And we worked to balance out how many points uh, the different players would get to kind of make players, um, I guess, not equal in value, but more valuable. So, you know, the players I love, those props becoming, uh, you know, more valuable, like the time and Thor and whatnot. Um, I don't think we, we've just, I think we've just thought about two little tweaks to the scoring system this year. Uh, Nels, do you want to take us through those?
0: Yeah, look, well, we, nothing's too drastic, just things that we noticed throughout last season. What we're doing is that the first one of the two is penalty changes. So last year and in previous years, if you get penalized, you were minus five points. It meant you didn't want someone like Duplassie Karifi, that's for sure, because he got multiple penalties a game. But we also didn't want to reduce it too much. So we've dropped it from five points to four points. Look, we, we think that's more fair. Minus five points is a pretty significant amount of points. A yellow card is 10 points two penalties doesn't really add up to a yellow card in in our eyes. So we've just reduced it a little bit, but you sh- still should be punished, punished for your players, you know, making those mistakes and being penalized and mm-hmm. just an extra little, you know, thing to still think about with your players when you're picking them. The other little change we've made is try assists. Try assists were five points in previous years. We've bumped that up, you know, just the same amount of change. One point bumped that up to six points Keeping in mind, normally when you have a try assist, you might have tackle busts, you might have a line break, offloads, different things in there to bring that further up if it's a complicated try assist. But we just thought, you know, you might do all the hard, hard work for a try assist. And in previous years, only get five points, while the try scorer gets 10 points. So we just thought we'd bring that up a little bit and and reward you a little bit more for players that, you know, get a lot of try assists throughout the season. And you know who was either top or right right up there that I was a bit surprised about? He he may have been the actual
1: top. It was Aaron Smith.
0: Yeah. Yeah, halfbacks, you know, get get quite a few assists, especially Aaron Smith.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. No, cool. Yeah, and so we thought, you know, we looked at changing it from minus five for penalties Mm. to minus three. Um, and five up to seven or five to eight for the triceps. But we thought, look, let's just um, right. look to the numbers. Let's just start small. See, we don't think this will make much of a difference. So, uh,
0: yeah. oh, we um, Also, I mean, people that have used our scoring system for a few years, you, you sort of come to know what the system's like and you have vibes and feelings about players. We don't want to make drastic changes unless we think they're really, really necessary. So we think that, you know, little tweaks, that that's probably a more fair assessment rather than, you know, making too much of a change
1: yep all right and uh a website update a platform update so the draft rugby.com fantasy platform um, we're going to really try and push uh the stats side of things this year we have all these awesome stats that we get um and we just really want to use that data in a meaningful way um for our users and premium subscribers as well to be able to literally just get access to every stat you could possibly want for Super Rugby.
0: Targi, we've got the million-dollar question. We haven't asked you yet. We get live stats this year. Can you just get some live stats from the website for the premium subscribers so you get your fantasy updates live? Wouldn't that just be the best thing ever? It would be, definitely. Well,
1: I love that you guys are dreamers um, and... I don't know if there's been a difference in my voice over the last few years of saying we're going to have everything. Uh, I I think I've sounded like Donald Trump in the last few years. Like, it's going to be tremendous. We're going to have everything. And um, then realising how hard it is and uh, how hard it is to find the time to get into it. But, um, look, what we are – so, realistically, we're not going to have the live online draft nor the uh, live uh, weekly player trades at this stage for this season – Um, we for our competition and we know a lot of competitions that use our stats um, and players in our format um, we do these both in person so you know our draft is probably our favorite day of the year we all go to uh, to a pub or someone's house and make a night of it put up on a whiteboard you take your picks it's great fun Um, and then we have a weekly trade night where on Thursday nights one manager gets to pick a pub each week and we go and um, have a few beers talk some footy and um, make some weekly trades to our fantasy team so That's how we do it. But what will you be able to do on the DraftRobo.com platform? You'll be able to create leagues, invite managers. Uh, You'll be able to add your team rosters. You'll be able to see your team's fixtures. Your your team will be scored in those weekly fixtures and you'll get points on the league table if you win your matchup or if you get a losing bonus point or bonus points or whatnot. Um, And uh, initially, you'll be able to manually adjust your rosters for trades each week. Uh, and hopefully with, uh, you know, as weeks go on, we'll be able to implement, um, you know, more trading. So managers to manager trade requests and uh, hopefully even a live trading session. So that's kind of where we're at and what we're expecting for this year. Uh, like I said, we're going to really push the blog and the stats. So look forward to like us really using the stats this year um, and stay tuned for updates with that. So exciting things to come yeah the
0: main thing you said was was uh to to keep the one sentence summary was the thing's going to work a lot better for the functions that we've had
1: (laughs) yep that's good i like it excellent all right let's move on the main course harry this would be a time to get your finger on the button it's uh the new hot shit players excellent the um look harry's come on in leaps and bounds with the uh the audio works here so um We'll see. Uh, You can enjoy um, us all having a laugh if you're watching this on YouTube, actually. Um, So anyway, very good. On the YouTube? We are. Let's get into it. Let's go through the teams quickly. We're not going to, you know, we have a uh, tendency on this podcast to talk for a very long time. Sometimes I'm guilty of this. It's, you know, normally you guys, obviously, Um, but we're not going to talk about every player. Let's, let's go through who are the new players or players you, you should know, I guess, but, are going to have more of an impact this year. Let's start with the Chiefs. Who wants to kick us off?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to name two straight up. Uh, my two for these guys are Natua Akoi and Luke Jacobson. So Natua Akoi obviously uh, made his debut last year. He's six foot five, hundred and sixteen kilo, twenty one year old lock. There's big wraps on him, big work rate, physical presence as well. Um, the biggest thing for me this year is, although I do actually expect him to be a starter for the majority of the year, I think he's going to be in tight competition with Lachlan McWonnell, who missed last year with injury and, and was a real top choice for them going into the year as a rookie. And obviously Tupo Vahey, who, uh, who came in as an injury replacement and then played well enough to make the All Black squad. So really interesting there. But uh, Akoi is a guy that I've got my eye on for sure. And, I mean, let's be honest, you really should know this guy because he's – in the uh, lachlan Boucher mould of we believe he should be picked, all three of us, above Sam Kane, Right, Kagi? No,
1: no, no. no. <laughs> you can go back and revisit these enjoyable discussions throughout last year if you want.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Kiwis that disagree Look, with a, that. a couple of years ago, he was in Lachlan-Boshear-esque form and he got picked in the All Black squad, but then had a few different injuries. I think concussions.
1: from Concussion him. was the big one. That stopped him at the Rugby World Cup. He was picked for the Japan Rugby World Cup. But yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's just an absolutely outrageous, talented player. The, the biggest issue for the Chiefs is how do you put Lachlan Boshier, Luke Jacobson, Sam Kane, and Peter Gusto Kula into the same team? I, I, my gut feeling is Jacobson pushes to number eight, but um, <clears> my <throat> hope is that uh, Sam Kane pushes to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: All Blacks captain, Sam Kane pushes to the bench. Okay, all right. All Blacks captain. <laughs> well, I think, look, Sam Kane's played a lot of eight, actually, so I think we could expect him. But, um, look, before we get away from it, Nels, Luke Jacobson, you had um, big rap something last year. You picked him up in the draft, I believe. Uh, how long did you hold on to him um, before your season long disintegrated? I'm pretty um,
0: sure I'm still holding him.
1: <laughs> he's, still, he's still there on your Virginia's bench. He's
0: going to come right? good, for sure. Nelson
1: didn't. He didn't get the memo that uh, we only have one bench forward and one bench back. You don't get a bench replacement for all your positions. Last I year, thought, so-
0: you know, I just thought he's better than any of the other forwards I had, so he's worth holding. Hoping he'll come back, and he's, he's just, so good. He just didn't come back for me. You know, it's quite bad. That's we might jump onto the the players you might not know for me one of the sullivan brothers that you know are going to make their names well known this year in my eyes Balen sullivan he's 6 foot two, ninety three 93 kgs the start of his career's been disrupted with a couple knee injuries ligament injuries there he thought his his career could be done at some point in, in you know recently this guy's an absolute weapon. He's an outside sl- centre slash winger. He does have a bit of competition there in the centres, of, obviously with Anton Leonard-Brown and Quinn are probably their first two choices. They've also got Alex Nankavell. But look, he, he is a brilliant player. If he gets a chance, he's going to be someone that if you've got a spot there, you want to have him in your side. I think he will be an absolute weapon. Um, just keep keep your eye out to see if he's named at some point the other guy is Ateni Nanai Soturo so we'll find more as this you know year develops with what's happening with the sevens if the olympics is going ahead or not and if so how long he will be taken away from this chief's um, side but look attending Nani Satura has got to be one of the most dynamic, exciting young players, I reckon, in New Zealand. He's only 21 years old. He's played a bit of sevens. He is devastating with ball in hand. And if he is even close to being named, if he's not going to be away in sevens, he's a guy you're going to want in your side. I see him as a starting winger. They do have, you know, some tight competition there. Obviously, D-Mac, their fullback. They've got Chase Tia. Mr. Reliable, Sean Wainui, Sean Stevenson there as well. But look, Atene Nona he is a scarily good runner of the ball. Get him in your side.
1: Absolutely. And with Solomon Alabalo uh, oh. getting to the Highlanders, that kind of really opens up that spot for him. So if he's here and not at uh, the sevens, he you'd have to think would be in with a starting spot. And he, whilst he didn't play a lot last year, I mean, the two years before that at age 19, 18 and 19, he proved that he can more than... Uh, tear up super rugby so he was great Um, yep all right coaching changes Uh, Clayton McMillan for the Chiefs head coach Um, Harry do we know much about Clayton McMillan
0: yeah I think this guy's been on the pathway for a long period of time Uh, look former Bay of Plenty coach New Zealand under 20s head coach as well since 2015 for both those sides um, I guess the big theme for him were that Bay of Plenty. He built them to the point where they were, they, uh, were promoted into the Premiership um, in 2019, I think. So, and then they finished third in 2020. The New Zealand under 20 champs as well. He won two titles in 2015 and 2017. And the 2017 year was the outrageous one for me. The grand final, they beat England 64 to 17. Wow. They also beat Ireland in the pools 69 to 3, France 39 to 26, Italy 68 to 26, and Scotland 42 to 20. So if you take anything away from that, you've got a chief side that loves attack. And you got a coach that loves attack, and he, he could be absolutely anything uh, while he's got this one year while Warren Gatland is potentially uh, MIA. I'm not going to lie. The, the thing I took out of that is they beat England and Ireland more than they beat Italy. So Italy are coming through. That's what <laughs> I. Yeah, sure. Um, look, and, and the other thing is he will be the head coach from what, what everything is saying, but Warren Gatland, if the Lions don't go ahead, will be a very handy assistant to Clayton McMillan as well. So there's a lot to life there at the Chiefs. Yep. And uh, look, he's also coached New Zealand Barbarians, Maori All Blacks. <clears throat> um, big wraps on him and, and I'm excited to see what he can add as a uh, Super Rugby coach.
1: And Gatlin will definitely be there at least just to make sure that Bryn Gatlin is the starting 10 for the Chiefs, <laughs> uh, just to make sure his son is sorted out. He's, but,
0: he's um, not a four-year contract, mate. That bloke's never leaving <laughs>
1: True. <laughs> Before we move to the Crusaders, uh, you guys, I just thought, you guys haven't mentioned Caleb Boshier, so there is a second Boshi, Lachlan Boshi's younger brother has also joined the Chiefs. I thought he would be top of the um, players to watch this year, but um, look, uh, how excited are you guys about him?
0: Well, well mate, you said Sam came was going to play eight, which is the only reason I didn't mention him.
1: Right. Sam I'm Kane's saying. not
0: fitting in at six and seven from what I've been saying, so... <laughs>
1: Very good. All right. Well, let's move on to the Crusaders. Uh, should we just put them down for Super Rugby Aotearoa Twenty Twenty One Champs again, or is yep. Uh,
0: yep. And, and runners up to Trans Tasman? It's a very and good. That's game.
1: right, Trans Tasman runners up. Yep, um, they're all going to get the flu. Why they get day before the game? Yeah, uh, it's a bit. Yeah, probably a bit too soon to say that. But um, all right, players, you should know. Um, I'll take you through the first two: Cullen Gray or the two that we want to bring up: Cullen Grace and Ethan Blackadder. Now. Um, the boys have been disagreeing with me. I think they're two fairly similar players. And by that, I mean, fairly similar in stature and both can kind of play lock or flanker, although they both pretty much just play flanker. Um, Ethan Blackadder was injured, so missed uh, last year. So it was kind of, that was supposed to be his breakout year, I think. And that opened the door for Cullen Grace to come in, who absolutely tore it up. He was immense for the Crusaders last year. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how they both play Mm -hmm. out. I mean, Ethan Blackadder... He's still bloody Ethan Blackadder and he's only twenty-five years old. Uh Cullen Grace, only twenty one though.
0: You start Cullen Grace.
1: Straight up. No yeah. no questions asked.
0: I mean, I I agree. He started last year, Ethan Blackadder was definitely first choice, but Cullen Grace was just ridiculous.
1: He was very, very good, was he. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. it going to be hard for Ethan to get to get his um foot back in the door. So those are the players okay. you should want yeah, like Crusaders, yeah.
0: He'll get some time off the bench and he'll get his chance to to earn that spot. But, I mean, Colin Grace, you, you just can't argue with what he did on the paddock. It wasn't he could potentially do this, he could potentially do that. He did it, you know. So, for me, that's enough to, to get the start. And, look, he hasn't got the – Ethan Blackadder hasn't got the brin factor anymore. Daddy's not coach anymore. Toddy blackadder is gone. So it's I, reckon
1: he's, I reckon he's still got some pull around there, though, I, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, the, excellent. All right. Who wants to take it? Nils, uh, the players in the Crusaders you might not have heard of, some new players. Okay.
0: So my first one is Tamatai or Tamati. We've got two two different pronunciations if you, you've you been watching footy recently, Williams. He's Perth-born. He actually played for Kalamunda uh, Rugby Club uh, over in Australia, Western Australia. I played the same age group as Carlo Tizano, who we're going to be mentioning a little bit later. This guy is a 140-kilogram prop that knows how to run the ball. He's fitting that mold recently um, that, you know, you you see with Taniela um and, and Junior Tour and all those guys co- coming through. Zane Nongol. Zane Nongo? yeah. Look, he's he looks like he's brilliant. You know, but both sides, you know, scrum and ball in hand. So it'll be exciting to see him coming through. A bit sad to see him lost to Australian rugby, but he did finish his schooling in New Zealand. Has Maori Heritage played the New Zealand Maoris at the back end of last year. Exciting player coming through, Craigs. This guy would be right up your alley if he starts to get a bit of a chance. Uh, he's one of the most promising props in world rugby, I'd say. The other guy is Fletcher Newell. Uh, look, he, he's got the academy squad record of... 220 kilos is that squat yeah yeah that is absurd the guy is absolutely massive massive absolute weapon he's an absolute beast huge raps on him coming through this competition they do have some talented props through there so it'll be interesting to see if these guys get a crack but they got four tight heads which is obviously their biggest issue but they're trying to develop for long term and both those guys are just freaks i agree the, uh, the other two names I had to keep an eye out for in the Crusaders, let's be honest, and breaking into the Crusaders starting team is pretty tough, but my, my two, Dallas McLeod. So he's 21 years old now. Uh, he's 101 kilos, 190 centimetres, so he's a, a lump of a man for an inside centre. I, I think he's a specialist inside centre. I don't see him playing too much outside. Um, in 2019, he was the vice-captain. For the under twenty side, and he got his first two games last year uh, with a couple of injuries and a bit of rotation for the Crusaders, and and there was just such big raps on him in the New Zealand media. I thought he was solid without being spectacular in his starts, but I, I think obviously there's a lot to like about <clears throat> him there. Um, Braden or not going to be part of Super Rugby Aotearoa, so it means that they're going to need someone to play at centre. I mean, my one of my favourite players of 2019 is uh, 2020 is the obvious favourite, David Avili but McLeod can get definitely more game time. And I think worth a punt um, if he is getting a start. Um, like the other competition is obviously uh, uh, Fetuli Paya, uh, who is come across. Uh, sorry, he's gone. Sorry. I take it, take it away. Paya is gone, which means that uh, he will it's less competition. Rankings. Yeah. Sorry. Less competition. Yeah. Um, and the other one I had was Che Fiyaki. So he's just turned 20 years old. Um, I think, could be today, actually. Just he's 193 centimetres, 100 kilos. He's a winger. Um, Kagi, kind of your favourite player in the mould of uh, a Ben Lamb or a Nairo Voro or something like that. That's a little stretch. I'm not look, saying he's that good yet. But I'm not saying so. he's a big he's, unit. he's kind
1: of, he's more of a, look, the guy who's in front of him and he's very similar mould, Lester Ganuka. You know what I mean? He's very following those footsteps.
0: Yeah, the, the big Except. difference is Jay Fiyaki kicks 48-meter penalty goals in finals against Auckland or in uh, in Mitre 10 Cup. Sorry, not finals. Uh, they didn't make finals. Uh, against Auckland.
1: Yeah.
0: And, that's I mean, Jay Fiyaki, I mean, a couple of years, we could be saying... is you know what we're doing today? Is that why he's on the podcast? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Just wanted to... Good. It
1: and I, I think, look, we'll. I don't know how much, if we'll see him get any game time, to be honest, but even though we, we should say that mm. so the Crusaders have lost... Uh, George Bridge, they've lost uh, Jono Uh They've lost a few of their outside backs. Um, so obviously they've still got the likes of, you know, Seveu Um I forget who else, but that, it's Leicester Fayananuku. Like they're very well stocked, but um, it's, uh, he could be an injury away from becoming the next Sever Reese. You never know.
0: It's exactly right. But I would just say George Bridge, I think will be back relatively early in the season.
1: Okay. Very good. All right, well, with that, let's jump on to the Highlanders. So you alluded to a player from the Crusaders already. So we'll, I'll just jump straight in. him. Fatuli Paya. So he um, he came in with some injuries to, I think, Braden Enno had a few weeks off. I forget who else got injured for the Crusaders last year. Um, he came in and was playing 13 for the Crusaders for, I don't know, a good couple of rounds. Um, I like the look of him. Big, big dude. Very strong ball runner. Perhaps a little questionable in defence. Um, but... You know, you know, you don't win fantasy matchups with defense. Uh, it's it's all about attack and footy. So um, he's gone down. Obviously, he, he can smell some opportunity at the Highlanders. Uh, they haven't quite locked down that centre position. There's certainly some competition there with the likes of um, Co Tomkinson and uh, Thomas Umunga Jensen. Um, perhaps even Michael Collins. We were saying might be playing uh, in the centres. He's played a lot of thirteen at at have uh, 10 cup level and we think there's he's probably won't be playing fullback for the Highlanders. Nels, what do you got?
0: Yeah, look, if you, if you listen to uh the hints that Tony Brown was dropping, it sounds like we might get to see early on in the season Thomas Uma Jensen playing at number twelve at inside center. Hmm. Um and then we will get to see pay uh paya. Uh, yeah, I know we said Paya last year. Player playing at outside centre, but look for me, Seo Tomkinson is an
1: absolute weapon. So there's some tough competition there. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I don't mind Seo on the wing either. Um, or to be honest, I just actually you just want Seo somewhere where he can hit someone because he absolutely yeah, levels. Outside centre. <laughs> True. Um, so yeah, Paya, Anyway, so he he he's definitely I think going to see more game time this year um, and one to watch. Uh, Falau Fakatava. Um, look, it's certainly, it's difficult being behind Aaron Smith, the world's best, uh, scrum half, but, um, he was, he's only 21 years old and he's been learning from Aaron Smith, uh, and he was the Mitre 10 player of the year in 2020. So he's been developing and coming on very strong. Um, and I don't know if they're, I don't, I don't see them resting Aaron Smith a whole lot, but I think it's safe to say we'll see more game time from Falafa Katava this year. And he's certainly an exciting player. So um, he's, like Aaron Smith, likes to snipe for some runs, score a try and whatnot. So uh, definitely one to watch this year. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Um,
0: <clears throat> moving on to the players that you might not know uh, in the Highlanders, there's, there's a few. Um, I, I think the first one that may be well-known to some is uh, Manaki Selby-Ricket, who is obviously the big unit, 24-year-old Locke. He, uh, he got himself into trouble before last season, which is I think where his name kind of came into the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. But when he came in with a bit of a shortage of, of locks at the club, he was actually really, really impressive. Big work rate, physical, worked very well at the lineup, technically very, very adequate as well. Um, and look, I, I just think that, he's got the right amount of competition around him right now that this could be his year. I'm expecting big things for him. I think most likely he'll end up probably starting the year behind Josh Dixon and parry Parry Parkinson. But the only other two locks are himself and Bryn Evans, and Bryn Evans is a, an older statesman coming back, I think, to add a bit of experience. So I wouldn't be surprised if Menaki, Selby Rickett ended up starting in the back half of the season. And by all accounts, he's absolutely tearing up the preseason as well.
1: Yeah, and that's also we saw Jack Wedden leave the Highlanders and head to the Tars. so um that's That's right. Well, yes, that's a not available competition leaving so yeah.
0: The other one I had um was Sam Gilbert as well so he's tw- so there you go this is the this is the man that's birthday was today I got it mixed up with uh, the Crusaders <laughs> players 22 happy birthday to Sam Gilbert never heard of him even though he played a game last year. You yeah, heard of him. Yeah, and yeah I mean I have obviously but. <laughs> Um, So, look, 98 kilos, 189 metres tall, but apparently I think he's a big, big unit, so I I think those stats may be wrong. Um, He was New Zealand under-20s in 2019. He made his debut round one, the Super Rugby Aotearoa, and then I think pretty early in the season he did his ACL... And against the Blues. And so he he may not be back until April. So he might miss the start of the season. But the expectation and the the words from the Highlanders coming out is that he's a big physical presence that could have a really big future and they expect him to be uh, to really be pushing hard for some selection in the back half of the year. Uh, Big problem for him, I think, is the competition between Solomon Alamalo and Mitch Hunt as well, who both also play fullback like he does. So uh, a lot of competition, but like like a lot of the other young guys that were mentioning tonight, I think like an injury away and you may see this really talented youngster coming through and making a name for himself.
1: I think he played played wing when he came in in for Super Rugby, so I'm I'm sure he can play in in both positions. But, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how he goes.
0: Yeah, the next one for me is Connor Garden bashup um, You might know his brother coming across to the Rebels in the past, but look, Connor Garden bashup is someone Mitch Evans was asking us about where we see him fitting in. He's a 21-year-old. He He was a player that we, I think, mentioned early on last year, but he was hampered by a few injuries. And didn't get to see him last year. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we're praying that he wasn't related yeah. to uh, <laughs> Jackson Garden Bashett, but he is. He is, he is. And he, his dad his, I think his dad was the first Highlanders player, Highlander player number one or something along.
1: But Nels, the way he just Gowden. he just further proves that the younger brother is the superior brother. Yeah, obviously. Obviously.
0: But look, he, he missed his debut season in 2020. He had a back operation, but it sounds like he should be fit this year. He played minor ten cup. Previously for Canterbury, jumping across to Wellington, I think it was in 2019, but didn't get a lot of game time last year. You can mistake – you know, you can forgive him a little bit. He had Wes and Julian Savia and Billy, Billy Proctor all ahead of him there. So look, he's he's got some competition here as well. Jonah Nareki is going to be on one wing. He's got to compete with Alamalo, Nehem Milneskuda, Nani Punavai, and Michael Collins. So look, he's got a long list ahead of him, but he is a talented youngster. And if he gets a crack, I'm sure you know he, he'll he'll stamp his name on that side. The other guy for me is
1: I was just going to say with him, there's, there's really big raps on him, particularly yeah, just sure. coming out of New Zealand. He has particularly big raps on him.
0: He's lightning quick and he's just a dynamic style winger. Um, You know, he's not one of those big bodies necessarily looking to run over people. He's just quick and agile. Um, The other name for me was Thomas Amonga Jensen. His brother, you might know a little bit more, Peter. I think he's the the guy we've talked up more recently and had probably a better season last year. Um, But he is only 23. Mitch Evans was also asking about him. He had a, a shoulder surgery and missed most of last year, but he's going to be in a three-way battle with um, Paya, who we've already mentioned, and Sarah Tompkinson.
1: Excellent. I'm excited. I've said that the day I can have both the Umunga Jensen brothers in my fantasy team, that's I'm waiting for that day. Just you know, in two separate, fan, in Hurricanes and Highlanders, that'll, that'll be it. Very good. Let's move on to the Blues. Um, now, a, a player that I think is perhaps the Will Jordan of the class of 2021. So there you go. I'm going I'm going all out with the biggest raps. I mean, he's uh, going to be on
0: the bench a lot and should be playing?
1: Zahn Sullivan. Uh, look, we could see him on the bench. However, Leon McDonald, uh, the coach of the Blues, has hinted that he could just take the 15 jersey this year. Um, and I think the 15 jersey, we've kind of been waiting for that to be filled. Uh, look, I know... We had Bowden last year who, uh, look, let's not open up the is Bowdoin a 10 or 15 discussion again. But um, no, Zan Sullivan, uh, he is an absolute phenom. Uh, he's 20 years old, 1.93 metres tall, 101 kilos, big unit that can move. And he has all the skills, can play 10, 15. Um, I'm, I think he's the most exciting player in Super Rugby 2021. Uh, Harry's just pointed out, don't forget Stephen Perro franchise um better Yeah, look, he is excellent. Um, if it was up to me, uh Bodhi's gone. So let's have Parafranchise Franchise at 10 and Zantal on 15. Lock yeah. down.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> Very yeah. good. Anyway, I, I won't talk yeah. any more about him, but he is he's a player who I'm probably most excited about in New Zealand next year.
0: Yeah, look, uh, Jacob Radamadavuki Nipkins is the other guy that we're quite excited to see. Absolute weapon coming through MITA 10. He's only 19 year old. He 19 years old. He's a winger. And he was the third on the top try scores list um, in the last year with eight tries. But let's just say Ash Dixon had nine tries. Say let's see Rayasi 14. I think we mentioned him in a minute. But look, he's he's going to be up against it with Caleb Clark, uh, Mark Talea. They've got Narawa um Math- Mathalai, sorry.
1: Mathalai oh, no, oh, there. So I get confused. The other Crusaders uh winger who got injured. Mata Ellie? Uh, yeah, yeah Yeah,
0: he's still at the Crusaders.
1: He's injured though, again. Again.
0: Yeah. So, and there's um, yeah, there's just a lot of people there for him to compete with. Also and, and AJ,
1: AJ Lamb. Lamb. You almost missed AJ Lamb. Uh, the younger brother okay. of Ben Lamb. Again, one of the podcast favorite players, Ben Lamb. Lamb. So um, unfortunately, we you don't can't get to say, say that anymore with AJ Lamb, but excited. He's yeah,
0: he's also an exciting player.
1: Very good. Hurricanes. Hurry,
0: Harry. Yes, mate. Uh, if there's one player who's going to have a breakout year, it's Celisi Sevilla-Rayasi. <laughs> 24 years old, so I'm not sure he's quite a young gun, but he is without a doubt. Should... Isn't that when um, All Black Wingers careers end? 27, mate. <laughs> uh, look, last year, Mitre 10 Cup, as we just alluded to, he was the top try scorer. in Mitre 10 with 14 tries, was second place on nine. <laughs> so he was a country mile ahead and Wellington did not have a particularly good year either. He is just so far ahead of the competition as a finisher. Super quick, big unit. I think he's got more gas than Blam, who uh, obviously was his predecessor on the, the left wing. <laughs> um but he's just an absolute freak of nature so super super excited about seeing him I think I probably picked him up way too early last year but I could have been 12 months early so this year it's his year Kagi if you don't pick him up in the first five rounds I might
1: well look as long as um I'm all I'm all happy for him to be on the right wing but I want to see my boy the bus Julian Sevilla back uh on the left wing
0: Where's Houston I, will be on the other? Am one. I dreaming?
1: Am I dreaming? Okay. Is that what's happening? Okay.
0: All right. Devin Flanders is my other one. So Hasting Boys High School boy, he played alongside Falau Fakatawa, Danny Tawala, and uh, and a couple of other players who also have super rugby contracts. I think there's four of them out of the school. So he's had a pretty gifted pathway through. And last year we were calling the Homer Simpson style Flanders until we saw him play. Wow. The couple of opportunities he had, he was an absolute freak I have completely changed my mind I think this guy is an absolute talent I think Reed Princep is probably the obvious start at blindside flanker Gareth Evans is still floating around as well but I really really hope we get to see lots of Devin Flanders this year because he is a weapon
1: and do we put him in a Ethan Blackadder or a Cullen Grace mold
0: uh no, maybe a little bit closer Literally to Cullen Grace but I think he's more physical Ethan yeah. Blackadder I don't think I've seen enough of to be honest Cullen Grace was really agile big work rate right? Flanders is an enforcer
1: and that's kind of it feels like that's what the Hurricanes back row has been missing you know what I mean they've had Artie killing it and then the other two have always kind of been lacking a little bit for mine I feel like they just haven't been able to get someone to step up and so Flanders may be the man uh, Nels who else we got or who, name who might that's... we not know, sorry.
0: Yeah, so a player we don't know for me is Danny Tawala. Um, Francisco on Twitter, he asked us about how he was going. He Look, he's a centre, 21 years old. I think he can play a wing as well. He was New Zealand under 20s in 2019. But look... It's going to be a tough ask for him. There's some stiff competition there. He's played 22 times for Hawks Bay since 2018 and scored 47 points, three caps for the Hurricanes, made his debut against the Lions' as injury cover in 2019. But he didn't get a run on at all in 2020. He's a bigger body, but look, it's going to be hard to see him get a look in. They've got Lau Mape, they've got uh, Billy Proctor, Peter Umangai Jensen, um, Vince Arso. So look, it's going to be very tough. Tough. even if he does make that shift to, to the wing as well or cover both places there's there a lot of really good wingers in that squad. In, Where, in the age groups as well he was he was behind Dallas McLeod and Tanielu Utilea I think as well from memory when I was having a having a look through my research so although he's obviously a bit of a talent there, there is a lot of stacked competition in New Zealand so yeah, it it would be surprising if you saw much of him. do you, do you disagree or so you agree? Uh, no, I, d- I don't agree. I think he's he's a really good player, but I, I think he's just got a, he's got a lot of people ahead of him. You agree. I agree. Craigs, is there anyone else, <laughs> how is anyone else in this team that you you want to give a shout out to? Uh
1: Brayden and I don't know if it's Iose or Losse. Uh Iose. they're very good. Yeah. Um, he's a young number eight. Um, big raps from James Marshall in the in the Rugby Fixation podcast. Uh uh yeah, just a just a big number eight, kind of like again what I was saying, the hurricanes have been missing those you know, they've had Artie Severe and I feel like they've just been haven't been able to find people to fill the other two slots since, you know, Victor Vito and um I can't remember who else, but um you just yeah. you just
0: just trying to try like, absolutely hammer career Cariffi tonight, Iya. Just not going <laughs> to mention his name. Come on,
1: no, I'm not going to mention him. Um, but uh, he's he belongs in that group of players that has uh, not fulfilled what I want from the Hurricanes back row. But yeah, so anyway, young number eight. Uh, also, obviously, I love number eights. That's what you want: some big ball carriers, some tackle bars, some big hits. Um, he could be, you know, thrust into the limelight. We'll we'll have to see, but. Um, exciting prospect so we i think we'll, we'll see some of him this year um he, yeah he's he's not he's, he captained new zealand schools in 2016 so he's had a couple more years uh, but he's been doing really well in the of 10 uh, and this year he's got his first full-time hurricanes contract so um, we'll see how he goes anyone else my
0: only other one was Ruben Love, uh young fly half down at the Hurricanes as well. There's big raps on him. I know he's got uh, the uh Gunnar and yeah. outstanding
1: talent of Jackson Garden Baship.
0: Yeah, always impressive gut Jackson Garden Baship. and Simon Hickey, who's also come down to uh, to try and establish himself as a super rugby New Zealand fly half as well. But there's just big raps on him. I think he will be under a bit of an apprenticeship this year, but Like like we've said, you know, one of those young guys that an injury away, you may really see him take his opportunity with both hands.
1: When will Jordy Barrett just play 10? But look, that's that's the time for another podcast. All right. Let's move on.
0: 2021.
1: Okay. It's it's time. All right. Let's move on to the Aussie teams. So those are the Kiwi teams, the Aussie teams, the Brumbies. uh, Who you might not know in the Brumbies.
0: Look, for me, one guy that I am extremely excited about, Craigs, are you agreeing with me. We think it's going to be his breakout year. Nick Frost, he's 205 centimetres, 110 kilograms. He is a rangy lock that can, you know, actually put on a bit of toe as well. 21 years old. The former Wallabies coach, Matt Williams, says he's the most talented 20-year-old lock since John Eels. In 2017, he, he went across to – that's a big call. Yeah, but 2017, he went across to the Crusaders' development. Everyone in Australia, Ard and Ood and booed. I'm pretty sure his dad was head of, like, Australian rugby <laughs> retention at the time. New South something. Wales or something. No, yeah, I think it was New South Wales. Um, and then he – in Brumby, sorry. And he played with the Aussie under-20s in the World Championships. That's when he returned. Um, but, look, he, he got a long-range try in that 20 – Eighteen, The 2019 under-20s, that was something that really thrust his name into the limelight. He will most likely compete with Blake and ever. Um Who else did they have in the locks as well? Uh, Blake, um, Blake ever has gone. Oh, sorry, so, Blake and ever's gone. Oh, sorry, Blake
1: Ennevar's gone. Yeah, Cat, Blake Cat- Ennevar's Cat- against
0: gone. Against I think they're the two guys. Caden Neville. Caterin. <laughs> no, Caden Neville. Yeah, so look, I, I think we'll, we'll get to see him have a crack. It might actually be off the bench to start. But I'm going to put my money on his he's, he's topping Caden Neville, Neville before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely put huge props on him. He's someone who I think will I see as a wallaby's lock in a couple of years. So I think he was he's extremely athletic, got a lot of skills, um, and last year he kind of just felt becoming uh, an athlete first. So fit, they filled out his frame, put him through a proper year of a gym program. He's he's got a lot bigger. And now this year, I think he'll get much more of an opportunity.
0: Um, He's definitely got a giraffe running style
1: on him. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think you'll, you'll be surprised. He's filled out a lot more. So I think he might've slowed down a little bit, but I'm still, I'm still really excited about him. So the two, two, they have a couple of really dynamic locks. Darcy Swain and him are going to be really good, but they um, can back that up with the big K. Ardern Neville as, as Harry likes going. Uh, Harry, who have you got?
0: Uh, mate, Jerome Brown, um, 2019. He got his chance, and I just thought he was an absolute weapon. His work rate was through the roof as a fantasy player. Like if he's starting, I'll be honest, I'm going to pick him. Pick him a lot. prick him. I'm going to pick him a lot earlier than I think most people would. Um, he's Kiwi born. Uh, That's
1: why you're going to pick him.
0: <laughs> yeah, the definitely. The was.
1: 20s for two years. New Zealand on 20s two years. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But look, he, his main competition is Tom Cusack. Um, he, we didn't see him last year. I, I heard uh, on the Ruck and Mall podcast that oh, – sorry, the Pick and Drive podcast, apologies, that Scotty Seo was saying it was because he had a few issues with COVID and uh, his family been in New Zealand, some personal issues, which kind of ruled him out. But uh, by all accounts, a mm. lot better this year um, with – uh, there's a couple of guys that have retired. Will Miller's retired. Lachlan McCaffrey's no longer with the side. So I'm not sure where he's gone. So there really is a lot less competition for that open side flanker jersey. And uh, I, I think he's a big pick. I, I think he could be a starter. And if he is, he may be worth like the Michael Hooper-esque kind of fantasy points. Do you see him as a flanker? As an open 100%. side flanker? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I would sort him as, as more of a blind side. No, he's an open yeah. side. He's just a work rate. Right.
1: Mm. Exciting, very good. All right, uh, and players you might are we on players you might not know, or you might still yep. know. uh Lachlan Lonigan, um, the guy who look only a couple of years ago, I was saying, still looked a little bit like a fetus. Um, he has uh, matured a lot, but look, really skillful rugby player, um, very promising uh, scrum half. He has shown. So last year he got a good couple of cracks, and we actually talked him up a bit last year because he. Was starting for the uh, NRC team down in Canberra and um, was playing really, really well. He's certainly got some competition. Who is he? Got? He's got Nick White and uh, is it Isaac Fines ahead of him? Is it them?
0: Cargi, mate, come on! Not Ryan Lonigan. It's his brother, Lachlan Lonnegan. Hooker, mate. Oh. Okay. I'm going to catch you off here. Lock one line again. Under twenties hooker, absolute weapon. There's a there's a couple of young hookers over there. Obviously, Connell McInerney was uh, in the squad as well as a developing hooker for Lainga as well. And Billy Pollard, who's who's a lot younger. He's a year younger again. But at 20 years old, the raps on this guy is massive. He got a few games last year. I remember his first start. Oh, he turned over a ball and basically helped the Brumbies win the game late in the match. So yeah. he's just a freakish talent. Um, and, God, I, I really hope with Australia struggling to find world-class hookers that he this could be a guy that we fast-track through. There's competition out of every club he could be at. This is probably the worst one at the Brumbies for him to be at. But uh, yeah, very talented guy. I think
1: you've okay, got... he's certainly much more exciting than Lock uh, than Ryan Lonigan. So um, I'll take that back. Now Ryan
0: Lonigan's not a bad little halfback, but look, I, I reckon you've potentially terrible got... a hooker though. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> hooker. You've probably got three. It could be cool, but three Wallabies hookers out of these four for for the the Brumbies. We will not going into too much uh, time into to Billy Pollard, but he's another very exciting, talented young hooker who a lot of NRL teams are trying to get. Uh, he is an exciting player for me. Look, the guy I'm going to throw out there, Reece John twenty year old, the WA-born Queensland schools prodigy. This guy is an exciting talent. Um, look, he got selected for the Brumbies. Got his contract in year eleven. Uh, he made his debut at only eighteen years old, with the ability to play both ten, a fly half or inside centre. He's another bigger bodied, you know, fly half inside centre. Uh, And, look, he's got the Wallabies written all over him for me. Uh, It's going to be a good time to see him get a crack this year. He has, obviously, stiff competition um, in that 10 and 12 jerseys. But, look, he he got his debut last year. I'd love to see him in that 12 jersey. Mind you, I do love R.A. Simone. But, look, he is an exciting player and write his name down for a future star. Just expecting more minutes from him, I guess. He's probably yeah, yeah. not going to be the Mr. consistency, but if you no. could pick him up as a smoky one week of a fantasy footy he might be a
1: good a good shout.
0: Look, I think if you see Iray Simone, uh, Simone go down, he's your man. Yeah.
1: For sure. I saw him play a few Brumbies B games last year and he is lightning. He is um, very exciting. Yeah. Len Ikitao, a player that I think we'll, we will see with the departure of the Choo Choo to Kurandrani. I think we're going to see Len Ikutau fill that thirteen jersey and really make it his own. So um, I think he's showed a lot of promise. Um, he was with the Wallabies squad and played in a lot of those uh, trial games, uh, games against Argentina, things like that. And um, he's he's come on in of bounds, He's getting he's really developing into a good player. So I think um, he's going to have a big year for Len Iketau. Um And another player, the last one of the Brumbies, Mac Hansen. So we saw him thrust into the team a fullback last in the last season, and he was um, pretty electric, wasn't he? He, uh, you know, they have Tom Banks, a pretty dynamic fullback. But um, if Mac Hansen gets some opportunities, he can play ten and fifteen. So he played a bit of fly half. He, um, he was really, really good.
0: when he had his crack last year, he was quite an exciting player. Obviously, another stiff, stiff competition there for him. But an exciting young player coming through. Thirteen carries, nine tackle busts in his first game ever.
1: How good. All right, the Waratahs. let's do it. The even younger team than the Reds, how, can you believe it? Um,
0: Let me, I might rattle through the you might knows, all right? First good. of all, I'm going to take this one off you, Kagi, because you will butcher it. <laughs> Thank you. Mark Nawanganitawase. Wase. Um Ooh. 20 years old, he was absolutely electric at the start of last year. He's 190 centimetres tall, 97 kilos, got a gigantic vertical jump as well. Everyone was calling him like the Israel folau kind of outside back winger in terms of how he takes a high ball. And I, I think we got to see a lot of that athleticism last year. He did fall out of favour through the year um, because he had some issues around his defence and just been not quite up to the physicality of professional football. He's had a big off season. I, I feel like he's hopefully, he's had a very good opportunity to be honest, to learn his lessons around that and to try and fix that. And if he can, knowing us, he could be one of those outside backs that are in the top 10 for the competition. He, he is that good in attack.
1: Yeah. It was that and a result of, uh, you know, James Ram really playing super well. So you couldn't, uh, you couldn't drop him. But uh, Mark's first game, all you need to know was, two tries against the Crusaders in Super yeah, Rugby. Yeah.
0: Exactly right. The other two, Angus Bell, I won't talk about him much because he obviously Ooh. made his uh, Wallabies debut not last yet. year. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, he, he, I, I think it was uh, Morgan who was saying that he wouldn't be surprised if he was the Waratahs captain this year in his second year of professional football because he's so bloody good. He's not. He's not, but he should be. Um, and he's just an absolute freak. And if you're looking for props that can get running points, with Tom Robinson going, he will start every week. He's a freak. Pick him up immediately. Uh, can't beat him. Can't beat him. The the last one there that you might know, Isaiah Parisi. Look, he's 23 years old. This guy bumps people at a standstill. He's standing still. People are running at him and he bumps them off. He was absolutely just a dynamic, scary player for the Reds before he, when he was quite young, Selected into the, the Wallaby squad as well. Had a few issues uh, mentally finding the love, losing the love for the game. Went across the league. Has found his way back through different circumstances. This time with the Waratahs giving him a crack. This is a player that you should be excited for. I think he will get a start. And I think he, is, he has fantasy footy written all over him. And the other thing is that outside centre, you know, we saw him a lot at wing when he first had his run with uh, with Queensland. So he should get, hopefully, a few more touches in the centres. I agree. Just give him the ball.
1: Very good. All right, players, you might not know. I'll let you guys discuss this. But two players that are com- uh, competing for the number seven jersey at the Tars, Charlie Gamble and Carlo Tizano.
0: Yeah, look, they both took very different pathways to the Waratahs. Charlie um, Gamble is a 24-year-old, played at the Crusaders Academy, lost his way, went across to Petersham Rugby in subbies. We all know how good of a competition that is. Then went across into Easts and now has uh, played a bit of time in the NIC and is at the Waratahs. Absolutely exciting player. Carlo Tizano is a young WA product. I've heard, him, heard people say he's Liam Gill-esque. But for me, he's got a high work rate. He's had a couple of
1: same headgear, but um...
0: yeah, mainly that. But look, I I heard a quote from him where he said, "I got sick of players running away from me and not into me." I absolutely love this guy. He is set to just destroy people when he gets the chance. But both of these guys equally have a, have an ability
1: to. And so, so what did you guys you guys were thinking that Carlo Cesano will come out on top of that battle? That's really.
0: Cool. We're not 100 percent sure to be fair. It's quite hard. The, the biggest issue is neither of them have got game time. Obviously, Michael Hooper's not there. The Waratahs are an ultra the are an ultra young team. So Charlie Gamble just been a few years older. May even just. Get it purely based off that extra life experience, to be honest. But the beautiful thing about this is, we're going to see AU round one's lineups before it starts. And I'm going to pick the guy that starts. The other person that's going to throw a spanner in that is you could see Dempsey playing open side, and we see Will Harrison, the under 20s number eight, who pushed Harry Wilson into number six. Don't, he don't he is a this guy is, is going to be an exciting player as well. Um, he's 194 centimetres, 105 kgs. It's his first year in the full rostered squad rather than the extended squad. But, look, I think he's he's an outside chance to get a crack, but he's an exciting player I as well. I don't reckon he's an outside chance. I reckon he's a solid chance. He's a freak. Well, one of these three players.
1: He yeah. absolutely is. We were we were after the Waratahs all last year saying he has to at least be on the bench. You know, so look yeah. how well Harry Wilson's doing. This guy was ahead of him, um, so if he's not on the bench this year, then I don't know. You know, yeah,
0: well, he, he's definitely going to get his chances. That's for sure. He, he didn't, in his limited chances, didn't stamp his name in, into that that side last year, but hopefully he does this
1: year. All right, lo, uh, last player we talk about: Sam Sam Cared, Sam Card, Sam Cared, uh, young lock <laughs> who's come across from New Zealand, played uh, for the New Zealand under twenties in twenty seventeen. Played a bit for Northland, was in the Blues squad in 2020, but didn't play. Um, the Waratahs need some locks. Thank God we've got rid of Ted Flanagan and uh, I'm not going to say his name, but Captain Mudd. Um, so, look, anyone is going to be better. And um, he's competing with old man fisherman Sam Wikes. Um So,
0: hey, look, I think he's, he's going to hopefully feel that bigger. Rougher bodied role in the locks that the Waratahs have been aching for for quite some time, so I'd expect to see him start and, and give it a fair crack.
1: I can't see myself saying I wish we had Ted Flanagan or Captain Mud back. That's all I'm no, saying. No. So, yes, uh, all right. The Rebels. Let's uh, let's get this party going. Um, who oh, might yeah. we? Who might we not know in the? Or might we know rather in the Rebels?
0: I'm just going to start up the hype train for this one because we got Trevor Hosea and Penny uh, Mal Uh Jose is only twenty-one years old. He got his start last year and started to make a bit of a name for himself, and we were really impressed. I think he might have been Wallaby squad as well. Two hundred and three centimeters tall, one fifteen kilo, big unit. He's got a bit of pace about him as well. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing is Matty Phillip and Luke Jones are both gone from the Rebels. So crazily, at twenty-one years old, he's going to be there. They're so. rock solid, experience, lock in my eyes, and I expect him to start more or less every single game. And I expect him to be bloody bloody good as well. Um, and I think he'll go lower than he probably should in the uh, in the fantasy draft as well. I don't think so, Pony. I mean, if you need anything from a guy that can play number eight as well, and I mean, we've talked about this before, but he's one hundred and thirty kilos, six foot five. Um, he's now the, without a doubt, the first choice prop for the uh, for the rebels as well. So he should be playing pretty much every every minute. I would have thought for them, and hopefully, back end of the game, once or twice, you might see him slide into the number eight role. If we're really <laughs> lucky, that's what I want to see. Uh, They haven't got that many good loose loose forwards anyway. So that's what I'm expecting. But, mate, he's a freak. And and another Australian prop that is mobile, breaks, tackles, scores, tries. Can't wait. Did you see his dimensions yet, his size? 130 kilos, 6 foot 5. It needs to be said again. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. He's not a basketball (laughs) centre. He's a a prop slash number eight.
1: Very good. Nelson, who might we not know in the Rebels?
0: Look, I'm going to start off with the guy that I'm super excited about, Gerald Skelton. Um, Francisco mentioned him as well. Wanted to know what we see him doing. Look, he's 22 years old. He's made his his uh, his pathway through the sevens. He's 191 centimeters, 85 kilos, but he just seems like he's a lot heavier than that. You know, he's, he's seems like he's quite a physical player for me. Harry reckons he's, um, I mean, he's fat. That's not what I'm meaning. <laughs> but look, he, he's a dynamic, really good, talented back rower that you know we know can run with ball on hand. He's a distant cousin of Will Skelton. That sounds good too. And Peter Beethan. The, the big issue for him is how much time does he put into the 15s game this year? And does he have to disappear to chase his all-in shame? Yeah, my, my opinion was I thought he was mainly focused on 15s. I might be wrong, but I thought he was mainly focused on fifteens. But look, he's still apparently he, he still has those ambitions to play Olympics. I don't think the Olympics are going ahead this year. So we might be able to see him in the back row. I mean, that's the
1: the big theory at the moment. Very good. And Neil says another Sevens player as well.
0: Yeah, Louis Holland. He's 27 year old. Um, he's not a young player, obviously, but he's the ex-Australian Sevens captain. He's a playmaker, plays, you know, 10, could play inside center. Um, who knows, probably could play fullback as well. Um, but he's their record holder for the Aussie Sevens as well with um, 114 tries. That doesn't sound correct, but he is it, it is actually that good from 233 caps. But look, he has an amazing pass on him. He's quick, he's agile, he knows how to find space. He's an exciting player. And Andrew Deegan and Bill Meeks both gone. That means that it's it's pretty much... Just Matt Tamua, that's an established in, uh, 10 or 12 option in that team. So Louis Holland could find himself in a pretty important position for that side. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously the other person that could fill, that's Reese Hodge. They've got a couple of other young guys, which one of them we're going to mention, but he definitely has an ability and, and the chance this year, I think. Yeah, uh, I actually wasn't going to mention him. Carter Gordon um, was the other one, so I will mention him now. Thank um, him. I, I don't believe that he will fulfill his destiny but having said that you know there's obviously been big raps on him from the Reds. he's been poached by the rebels um 19 years old now seen as a future star he 2017 i think he was playing under 16s uh, 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 Queensland Schoolboys in 2017 as well. So, uh, so he's played a couple of years there. He's then played a couple of years through the Schoolboys grades as well. So kind of making those representative teams very early on. He's been in a big battle with players like Rishan Pasatoa, Um, Will Harrison as well. He's a bit younger than Rhys Jan Passito, if we put it into... Yeah, that's right. But I I mean, he's just he's played alongside Joey Walton as well, a couple couple of other, Billy Pollard, Will Harris. So there's a lot of stack names around him. There's a lot of hype, uh, but still quite young and, uh, and competing with the likes of Lewis Holland, I guess. So not too much in front of him.
1: We were saying a lot last year, like they need to get the Sevens boys into the team at the Rebels. And I think the only guy they got on was Tom Pinken or whatever, who was a, Pinker. sevens, Pinker's a sevens guy from... Um, did he play for Australia or did he play overseas in sevens?
0: I don't know, man. I don't want to spend any more time on him, to be honest. Oh,
1: great. Let's move on to the <laughs> Queensland Reds. Super rugby trans-Tasman competition winners 2021. No, possibly? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Players you might know. Really simply, Jordan Pettire, Fraser McWright and Harry Wilson. Uh, We need to go into those three. You might know these players because they're probably the ones we talked the most about last year. Uh, Fraser McWright, we don't get through any episode of a podcast without some lengthy discussion about Fraser McWright, whether he was playing or not, just (laughs) what happens. Um, he
0: made his debut despite <laughs> trying he to he is better than him Nelson is better than <laughs>
1: Fraser right
0: <McRae>. no <laughs>
1: trying to whilst trying has swiftly moved on I don't think I'll be able to without addressing some of these guys stats guys alright hit us with the stats Harry Wilson Fraser McRae, real quick
0: Okay, so Fraser McGrath obviously didn't start as a starting player for the Reds, but still he had, as an open side flanker, 64 runs, which is a carry every 10 minutes, and 80% tackle rate with 97 tackles, uh, and that's one every six minutes as well. So he came ninth in Super Rugby AU. He also had 18 turnovers in his 10 games, which I think was first. 12 tackle bus and 10 line breaks as well. So yeah. kind of working hard on both sides of the ball. I think it was definitely first for Pilfers. I think it was a long way ahead. Yeah. And then Harry Wilson, who is just, I mean, if you don't know him, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but he came second in AU for carries 112 and first for tackles at 120, 89% as well. So if you're looking at work rate, he is number one. Yep. That's fair.
1: And he was not only incredible for the Reds all year; he was then incredible for the Wallabies uh, as a what is he? Twenty years old, Jesus. Um, so then we say you might, uh, you might obviously you know them. Uh, we expect massive years from them. Fraser McRae, particularly, he he wasn't starting in every game as they were kind of working well, yeah. out their team list, but we expect him to be starting.
0: He's every starting game. week in week out.
1: Absolutely. Um, so as you might not know. Um, Harry Hooper, uh, look, you may or may not have heard of him. Um, We reckon he'll be starting. He's a pretty, like, agile and exciting prop. Um, Is he as exciting as uh, Taniela Tupo? Probably not, but, um, look, makes a lot of tackles, a lot of runs. So gets a lot of points for a prop. Um, And now that he will be having consistent game time, certainly a really good fantasy option. Uh, And, look, I'll talk about only one more. Uh, I'll leave some players here. But Baby Thor, Zane Nongor. Um, I mean, look, how much do I love Taniela Tupo? And now we've got to back up Tanyella Tupo. I mean, can you, can you really get any better than that? I don't know. Um, of course,
0: that's the one that you picked, mate. Right? I'm yeah, excited for about it as you well. You
1: all thought I was picking this next one, but I'm leaving. The me.
0: most obvious one was Suliati Vunavalu, the Melbourne Storm NRL winning winger, who is an absolute freak of nature. For the NRL, he's already had 111 caps and 86 tries. He's Fijian-born, grew up playing super rugby. uh, Sorry. Super rugby. Yeah, he basically did. (laughs) Playing rugby union uh, over in Auckland as well. He's sheer pace, athleticism, vertical jump is just freakish. He's trying to learn as much as he can off Marika Korobedi, <clears throat> but they're just saying as soon as you, the Reds players are saying, as soon as he's is in open space, just shut the gate. Like You, you are not tackling him. If, yeah.
1: he'll, he'll be starting on the wing all year, basically. He will yeah. yeah. be starting on yeah. the
0: wing all year. The, the slight difference with Korobedi, Korobedi obviously grew up, grew up playing rugby as well, but it was only recently that he was playing rugby in New Zealand and seen as an absolute future star. It's It hasn't been that long he's been out of the game. I think he's going to make a huge impact from early on in the season,
1: very good. And Nels, do you want to take quickly? Uh, there's two more players in the backs.
0: Look, um, of the first one's Mac Greeley. Uh, we've already heard that he is the Kalen Ponger, If you watch the NRL of of, uh, of rugby union, or Called Tim, Tim Horan. he's been he's been quoted as Tim Horan esque. He is an exciting uh, fullback. Uh, that is is going to come through. There's a lot of competition again there with the Reds for him. We'll probably see him get a little bit of a chance. I don't think we'll get him get to see too much game time. He reminded me a lot of Jock Campbell, to be honest. Yeah, he, I mean, similar style. He's got a very good step on him. He's really quite quick. He does have a, a pretty decent pass thing and things. Pass. If he's
1: half as good as how much he's been talked up, then um, he's a gun. So yeah, uh, look, he's
0: still very young, but he's an exciting player for the future. Another one is Josh Fluke. He actually made his debut last season. He's coming back after a shoulder surgery. He is an outside centre. Was, I think, Australian schoolboys in 2019 and still made his debut last year. He is an exciting player coming through. Again, there's, there's a little bit of competition there, but it looks like they've elected to keep him in the side um, rather than Chris firewise Sortia, which is a pretty big call. So uh, there's there's big raps on him coming through.
1: Excellent. All right. Western force, who really cares? Um, Ooh, no, mate, don't say that. We
0: we are not on board with you. Just if you if you want to hate on West Australia, which we absolutely love, you can do that. But do not get us but if guys, if you have complaints, it's John David Cargi at hotmail.com. Send them through to that.
1: Do you reckon are they going to win a game this year? All right. Um, moving on. Players they've got players you might know. Rob Carney has flown in for a holiday over in Western Australia, bit of sun that he's missed his entire life up there in the Northern Hemisphere. Um look, Rags, I mean, mate. Seriously, buddy. He'll be How good. Are you doing? We have the Pumas players coming across: Thomas Kubelli, Thomas Lozana, Madrano, Domingo Miotti. Those are some pretty big name signings, and you'd expect them all to be starting all season. So they will enormously bolster the uh, the force. And then players you might not know. Guys, do you want to smash through those?
0: Yeah, look, I think the first one we're gonna mention is Tim Anstey, Aussie Sevens gun. He was part of the Horned Army, which is it mean? he's just a good bloke all around. That's the small group for the greater Western <laughs> Sydney Rams for the record that we made and made horns for is really sad. Um <laughs> But look, he is a blindside flanker. Lock He's a dynamic player. He works very hard. He, in my eyes, he's probably a little bit short for that second row role. I think he's perfect for number six. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what chance he gets this year. The other story for me is Jack uh, Jake McIntyre, who came across. He said he sort of was, you know, a bit disenfranchised. Everything that happened in Australian rugby. Um, you know, thrust in a little bit early, didn't get the support he needed in the Queensland Reds, a story we hear a lot of in rugby Australia. And he's come back to, you know, make amends and really prove what he can do, only to be able to have Domingo Miotti throw in front of him, you know, in the, the seventh hour, making it a bit hard for him. But hopefully we're going to see him have a bit of a crack.
1: Yep. And and John O'Lance is still there as well. So, um, you know. yes. is. Okay. So I
0: don't think they're going to want to throw in a this year, so they probably want to pick
1: <laughs> You mean they want to win a game is what you're saying? Okay. Alright. Uh, that will conclude our main course and let's move on to the deserto. What you gonna do with that deserto? Do, I, do I need- The
0: uh, listener question I've got here was uh, from Rugby for All. Uh, Definite great fan of the podcast. Has sent us a fair few over the years. He says, what players that almost switched to league or were being hunted can potentially help bring back the union fans for the TV audience? Can Rugby Australia get back the lost fans just by winning some big games and what else must we do? Runamata Vuki Nipkins. That guy was almost lost to the NRL. I know he's not Aussie. But he is good. So we're basically hanging on uh, New Zealand rugby. Is that of you're saying? course we are, Mate, Of course we are. Now, nah, come on, look. Jack, Josh Fluke, Mac Greeley, two of the young folks that were talking about the Reds were hunted and they're meant to be absolute weapons. Billy Pollard, another player who was the uh, young hooker from the Brumbies who's seen as an absolute weapon. He's Isaiah, on a four year contract. now Isaiah as well. Parisi. Isaiah Parisi obviously was over at the Broncos for a little while. Before he lost his way a little bit, uh, we mentioned Suliasi Suli Vunavalu as well, the Melbourne Storm winger who was just setting the world alight, along with Marika Koraberi and uh, Maroa Morella uh, as well, who's over at the Waratahs. He was a Newington boy, grew up playing rugby union as well, and has come back. So there's a lot of guys that are going backwards and forwards or all being pulled both ways. But I think the biggest thing for me is that there's a huge amount of talent coming across. And uh, and more important than any of those players in terms of getting new fans in is the rugby nine, the Channel Nine and Stan Sports deal that's come through, which is going to actually put us back on free to wear and back on free to wear first time ever, first time ever uh, since it's gone professional.
1: Yeah, I think it's easy to overlook, like to understate that one game of Super Rugby on free to wear TV every week.
0: You no, know I heard someone in, on Twitter today. They wrote, "Oh." All good. They've put one Super Rugby game on TV, but they've taken off the one Shoot Shield game. (laughs) Like, I mean, are you really going to compare those two things? Prime time on on Channel 9 on a Saturday night, plus every single Shoot Shield game will be filmed. They're giving them better coverage. So they're saying, here you go, guys. You can have our better cameras and camera systems. So it's not just one camera from the side. Shoot Shield, you know, um the, the Queensland Comp, they're all going to get Hospitals Cup. They're all going to get much better coverage as well. And Nine and Stan are offering up some of their talent for you know, the actual call in the game for that as well. So I think it's going to be a really good thing for rugby strivers. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing to win some things <clears> back in answering his question. I think it's more about yeah. the TV rights and exposure and how we invest in our juniors, which I, it looks like both the Brumbies, the, or actually the Brumbies Rebels, now Waratahs and Reds, and uh, Western forces, I think their their club scene develops. They're all trying to bring more of their juniors through and uh, honour those pathways that are hopefully going to entice more young players to stay in the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that look rugby in Australia is in a. I, I feel like I probably say it every year, but it's in an incredibly positive position at the moment. It's very exciting with all these young players. I think the quality of Super Rugby AU RU is going to get even better this year, um, and I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Well- so. Now, we
0: oh, don't reckon be? you say it every year. I don't reckon you said it two years ago or any year before that, but we said it last year. And I think we're very similar on that this year again. I, I think the thing we're going to see in Rugby Australia is we don't need the league names coming across now. That's my opinion, because these guys will start to be household names. They're going to be on free to air footy. That's something that has been lost in rugby you know a lot of young players they the young fans they just can't name these these players because they're not on tv regularly that they can actually get to watch it so channel nine have already started you know building up some of these young players building a bit of history they're getting their, their names out there it's a really positive sign for me so I think rugby it doesn't need those league names moving forward. In my eyes, they're actually going to have some positive, you know, news and positive sort of sources coming out there talking these players up.
1: And just building on that, look, as we've said, a new and exciting team uh, finding exciting ways to broadcast the sport. Uh, they're going to bring back the midweekly rugby show, which I think is great and important. Um, and yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, having, having the one free to air game on TV uh, and then having it really accessible being only $10 a month for, to get rugby um, is, you know, it's going to make people sign up uh, and get invested. So it's less of a barrier than Foxtel has been previously. So very exciting. Um, all right. What, do we have any other listening questions or what, anything else we need to talk about in dessert? Uh, look, we, we did have a
0: couple, but we kind of worked them into our, uh, our, our main course as we went. The only other point we had for dessert was uh, Nelson's post that went crazy viral during the week, which was Lions Rugby Champs and Pacific Islands Cup that we have said is going to take over, we hope, next year, <laughs> this year. Uh, the Lions Tour, host them all down in Australia and New Zealand or just New Zealand if it has to be. I'm fine with that too. But uh, <laughs> the Lions, everyone knows how that works. The Pacific Islands Cup, I think they were the Pacific Islanders teams were made up in uh, 2004. I think they were established. Uh, Nelson, the teams in that are um, involved are? Uh, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, the Cook Islands, which you might be surprised, and Nui, who actually both supplied players in 2004. If you're thinking of Nui players, who are they? Scott Sio has Nui e Heritage. Um, there's also a, quite a few guys that might attend Cup. Tony Pulu, he played Nui e Sevens. There are a lot of these players coming through. So good to to see a link there. And the four rugby champs side uh, would obviously make a very, very strong tier one side as well. So I, I just think it'd be a phenomenal competition. And, uh, and something's only and rugby could and would offer if we did this. And what do you reckon? Everyone just plays each other twice or once? Twice. Yeah. And who wins? Cargill?
1: Probably, <laughs> rugby champs
0: by a Crusaders, mile.
1: Sansa team, yeah. yeah.
0: Look, I, can I just say, how is there not a rugby union all-star weekend? How is there not? How do we not have something like this where every year, you know, we've got four teams like this, they play each other. You've got some all-star sevens teams. You've got this sort of stuff going on. How is there not an all-star weekend or all-star week with just some of this exciting footy going on? yeah make it one week a year it would be massive you'd sell coverage in every country for a decent amount of money you can spread the money through through the countries into some of the lesser countries something that should definitely be looked into
1: yeah i think we're all very pro for anything getting more rugby and getting the pacific islands more involved because they just give so much to rugby uh and you know pretty much provide all the players that i love watching so um let's be honest. Um, But yeah, I think think that's then going to do us this week for for episode one, season four, episode one. Again, can you believe it? We're here. Um, Yeah, I think in preparing for this podcast, Nelson and I were just saying, uh, in reading about a lot of all the new players and new squads, we've still got a bit of work to do, I think. Uh, There's a few names there that I I, I feel like I'm not as prepared as I have been in previous years. So, um, you know. Got some a, lot to,
0: a lot of room I for like ways to, to break into those sides and make a name for themselves, that's for sure.
1: But I will certainly say, Super Rugby, less than a month away, very excited. Uh, cannot wait.
0: I'm feeling confident. The end of Cargi making grand finals is here.
1: Well, we'll see if you can make one back again, mate. Um, you know, it's been, um, it must have been a, a tough year. So, no <laughs> Dales in the finals last year. Um,
0: First time ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. All right, well as we deteriorate downhill, thank you for joining us for the draft rugby show episode one. Um, Stay tuned for episode two next week. And we're trying to line up some guests uh, as we preview the Australia and the New Zealand conference in a bit more depth. Um, What we think the likely, you know, starting lineups will be, um, you know, new coaching directions, just general preview stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, And Harry has uh, nailed out the casualty ward. So he's given a pretty comprehensive list of Injuries already um, and new players and things like that. So he he updates that constantly. But um, yeah. Hey,
0: Ru.